Big Fluff. Curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters, a collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Hi, Joe. Uh, hi, Chris. And uh, and welcome back to the Curioso. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you remember that we used to do this, this every pod- other week? Yeah, this podcast. Yeah. 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 It's been a bit. A minute. It's been yeah. it's been a few, but let me just say it's not like we've been slacking co- off. Yeah, we uh, haven't. Like we forgot about you. We haven't. No, I've I've thought about you yeah. and all our all of our audience this entire time. Yeah, me too. But I can say that uh, my wife and Dana and I, mm-hmm. who you've heard plenty of times on the podcast, yeah, we currently are looking for a house to buy, mm-hmm. and we have been nonstop just house searching yeah. with our realtor mm-hmm. uh, to try and find a house. I think we've landed on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has a broken water main, so... But that's not a terrible thing. But, but we really like it. Yeah. But anyway, so we're doing that. And uh, also, Joe, we spent some other time doing something else. Uh, making a movie. We made another short film. Yes, that's we did. Right. So we did it for the Baltimore 48-Hour Film Project. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like always, they give you a character and a line and a few other things. What is it, a prop? A prop, a character, and a line of dialogue. Right. And... A genre. And a genre. That you pull out of a hat. Right. So we did all that. We shot it all in a weekend and mm-hmm. uh, Joe had to edit all up and we've been, we've been, so we've been working on that. And mm-hmm. that was, uh, we did a movie called uh, 1996. Yeah. So our genre was road movie. Right. So think of any sort of adventure road movie. And we did that, but we set it in the 90s. Namely because Chris's car is from the 90s. It's a 1996 <laughs> Ford Explorer. Right. And uh, that was the same year that I graduated high school, mm-hmm. a little bit before you and Dana and most of my other friends. Right. But uh, but either way, we, you know, we shot it. We did it all. And uh, we're going to make sure that's put in the show notes. And mm-hmm. Joe, we won an award. We did. Fragile. It's a great <laughs> award. Yes. We won the Spirit of Baltimore Award. That's right. And that is basically uh, if you like love John Waters and uh, you love Baltimore, you know how freaking quirky it is. Mm-hmm. It, it basically, we embody the the quirkiness that is Baltimore in our movie. In Baltimore cinema. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty great. Yeah. Right? I think so. I mean, yeah. I even entered us into five other film festivals for the rest of this year. That's awesome. Based on some of our previous work and this year's work. That's great. I mean, if we win anything, we'll uh, we'll let you know, Curiosos. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but also, I'm going to make sure that is in the show notes at thecurioso.com uh, so that you can peruse our movie. Or also, alternately, if you just want to go straight over to YouTube and type in Curioso Podcast, C-U-R-R-I-O-S-O, into the little search bar, mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll it'll pop up. I have yep. a whole list of of all of our short films and you can watch them all in succession from when we were really terrible <laughs> to where we're slightly less terrible. Right. And it'll take you maybe 20 minutes yeah. to watch all of them. To watch all the <laughs> short films. So what I think we've done like, we have a good like, what, something like eight short films now or something like so. that. And I mean, it's funny because I think some of our older skit videos we used to do right. are like short films. Are very much like short films. So. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I miss doing that too. Yeah, me too. So, but uh, we'll, 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 we might have one of those on the horizon. Mm-hmm, Who knows? Mm-hmm. So, um, but all that to say, we're sorry. We're very busy right now. The podcast unfortunately took a hit. 
Yeah. So, but uh, that's okay. We we still have more summertime left We're to do a few along. do a few episodes. But mm-hmm. I got a few more journal entries here. Okay. Uh, I just want to mention. So there's a there's a certain band that we absolutely love, and that is uh, that is a band called Frightened Rabbit. Uh, it's one of my wife's favorite bands, and and we got a chance to see them a while back, and uh, we play them every burn supper. And yep. I know it's not a traditional band to play, but we were looking up like Scottish bands, and we found this band, and they they were really big in our hearts. And mm-hmm. uh, recently, Scott Hutchison, the lead singer, right? The lead singer. He was overcome by uh, some of his mental problems, and uh, and uh, apparently took his own life. Mm. And, you know, I just want to say like how much we lo- love that band. I just kind of wanted to, you know, say that it's terrible news, but you know, yeah. we, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, we were really hurt by it and, and, and upset. And we, we love that band so much. And, you know, I just hope that if there is anything in the great beyond that Scott Hutchinson is there enjoying it and riding on a Scottish wind. <laughs> Nice. There was another terrible tragedy that happened. Boy, just hits keep on coming, Joe. Uh, that happened recently in Annapolis, and uh, a, a few people uh, wound up passing away because of a shooting there. I, I can say that it's definitely a terrible thing that happened, and uh, I, I also wanted to say uh, uh, one of the reporters there, Wendy Winters, she was uh, she was pretty awesome, and I I believe that she actually interviewed me once before a long hmm. time ago. Uh, for when performing sideshow, mm-hmm. uh, she's also interviewed Ron, Ron Malfi, Malfi mm-hmm. our, our our friend about his authorship, mm-hmm. and also uh, uh, his little brother John Malfi, who's also been on the podcast about yes. his guitar company. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, she's touched a lot of people's lives, and I'm sure all of the other uh, people that were killed there have as well. And I just want to say, like, my friend Scribe Aaron really. His name is Aaron. His band is Scribe, but we all just kind of call him Scribe. Hmm. And uh, he started uh, a website and, and, and started selling T-shirts called Press On Annapolis. Mm-hmm. And you can go to PressOnAnnapolis.com. You can find the T-shirts there. Right now, I think they're on a bit of a hiatus because they literally, like everyone wanted to buy them to right. try and to, to try and help out. Right. And, and it's it's a fundraiser. It, yeah, it's a fundraiser for, for the victims and the victims' families. And, uh, you know, if you get a chance to go over to Press On Annapolis, check out their stuff and, you know, maybe buy a T-shirt when, they, when they're ready to, to sell them again. Okay. So just keep an eye on that. Now that all the bummers are gone, Joe, do you want to get into today's episode? Yeah, let's do that. What mm. is today's episode? Well, Joe, today's episode is about mm-hmm. Fort Carroll. That's right. If you're not from Maryland, you would have no clue what Fort Carroll is, unless you're a history buff that loves forts. Right. But even so, you might not. Because yeah, true, it's it's kind of a, a anathema. It's it it never saw battle. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's a fort that like had a failure to launch. <laughs> right, you know what I mean. And and it's still standing, and it's had a weird history. It but we'll get into has. that. So uh, so I, I just want to point out that from the house that I'm currently living at and driving here, mm-hmm. I have to go over the key bridge. Yes. Okay, and going over the key bridge. Boom. There it is, Fort Carroll. I got to see it on the way here. Mm-hmm. It is situated directly in the Patapsico River. Right. Now, the Patapsico River, if you don't know, basically it, it shoots off of the Chesapeake Bay. Mm-hmm. So you have the Chesapeake Bay. You know, you, you come up, you come past uh, uh, Virginia, you know, into Maryland. And then it's an offshoot that basically takes you to the like the inner harbor of Baltimore. Right. 
strategically, if you wanted to, say, take over Baltimore, <laughs> you would have to go up the Chesapeake Bay right. and then up Patapsico to take over Baltimore, which mm-hmm. was before it was a, you know, we really were able to fly planes and things. That was a strategic way for you to be able to get to D.C. and yes. take over our, our, you know, our capital. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very strategic place to put a fort. Yes. Now, for this episode, I did all the history and... Because the fort is what it is and the location that it is, uh, there are some local legends, some myths, and some strange stuff about the area and the fort itself. Right. And Chris did all that. Right. So what you're right? saying is I didn't do a whole lot, right? So, no, no, exactly. no. I did, I, did, I did some work. I did some work. We'll, we'll get into my stuff. Okay. I'll, pe- I'll pepper it in, Joe. You'll pepper it you in. You do history. I'll salt and pepper it in <laughs> like okay. a fine stew. Sure. So let's go to the beginning. Baltimore City's first fortification was Fort McHenry. Right. Now, if you don't know what Fort McHenry is, it is a star-shaped fort, mm-hmm. and it is just sitting there right next to the Inner Harbor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, what, what do you, do you want to, you want to? No. It, well, I was going to say that it was the place where the Star Spangled Banner was written. Okay. So before a baseball game, before <laughs> any kind of sports ball game that mm-hmm. you go and see, I saw a, a Orioles game the other night. Yeah. How was that? I go like once a year with my dad just to Take hang out with him. Okay. No, no, no. I have a good time. <laughs> okay. I went to Camden Yards. Uh, the Orioles Camden won. Camden Yards. The, 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 Ori- <laughs> the Orioles won uh-huh. uh, over the Tampa Bay Rays. I believe it was 11 to 3. It was, uh, it was a good thing. Good, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's all my sports that's ball knowledge right there. That's sports ball for the year. <laughs> yeah. I did drink some beer, so, so yeah. you know. Well, that's what you do there. Yeah. Drink beer and, and take a nap. Fort McHenry was built in... 1794. It was part of the first system, uh, which was a government-funded defense initiative from 1794 to 1800. In 1814, Fort McHenry withstood a 25-hour-long British naval siege during the War of 1812. Yeah, and and even though that was in 1814, it was called the War of 1812. And it lasted, what, four years? It was four years, Yeah. yeah. Bombs bursting in air <laughs> gave proof through the night. Sorry, Why go ahead. Do the, the hand? What gesture? you don't like the hand thing? That's my. That's my. I'm giving a gravitas. Is that what that is? Yes. Okay, it's just disturbing. It became apparent to the powers that be, or that were, I should say, that they needed to expand and to make the Chesapeake Bay a stronger, defendable industrial port of call as part of the Endicott era. No. Of defense development. What is that? What is the Endicott era? So it, I, that that was something I couldn't figure out. It's named after a, I believe, a naval general. Mm-hmm. I can't remember George Endicott, I believe. Okay. Basically, put this whole plan into action. Was pretty much the entire coast of the U.S. had some sort of fortification. Okay. The first one in on the East Coast in Baltimore was Fort McHenry. Right. Basically, your your first set of forts. That is your first tier system mm-hmm. for his his idea. Like we need to have all these forts to to defend against the British. Between 1890 and 1900, here in Baltimore, Fort Howard, Fort Smallwood, Fort Carroll, and Fort Armstead were built. And I'll show you this diagram that I, I sketched out, so you can see from your first tier of the Endicott system to your third tier, right. which. In, in his system, Fort Carroll and Fort Armstead here are the third tier system. 
So Fort McHenry right. being Inner Harbor. At the top of the cone, basically right before the Inner Harbor. Well, that is the Inner Harbor. Fort McHenry right. is the Inner Harbor. Mm-hmm. So your second tier for the Endicott system was to put them at the mouth of the bay. Right. So that was Fort Smallwood and Fort Howard. Now, I can say I have definitely spent a lot of time at Fort Smallwood. Mm-hmm. So Fort Smallwood is a place. Uh, I live in Pasadena, which mm-hmm. is kind of, you know, Fort Smallwood is like a big, long ride down right. down the peninsula. But mm-hmm. it's down there. And, you know, they it's just like a it's now a park. Yeah. So and they still have some of like the battlements up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're not allowed to jump on them and climb on them or anything like that. But, but it it's is still a it's still there. national historical park. It is. And apparently great rock fishing there from what I understand. Nice. Part of the third tier was to have something in between. From the mouth of the bay to the inner harbor, the third tier was Fort Armstead and Fort Carroll. Right. Now, oddly enough, they put Fort Carroll directly in the middle of the Patapsico River Mm -hmm. and not on the other side where Dundalk currently now sits. Right. Do you find that strange? I believe that is because the uh, steel company... Mm-hmm. was already up and running at the time. Uh, Bethlehem Steel? Bethlehem Steel. Okay. So I think that was sort of, we don't want them over there because that is disrupting industry. Right, yeah. <laughs> We're trying to defend the industry that's coming in and out of the harbor. Let's stick it out here in the middle amongst the oyster shoals right. that we had back in the day. Yeah. And to have it, that way it could have a firing line on all sides. Mm-hmm. So for the numbers... Fort McHenry, 1799, Fort Armstead, 1897, Fort Carroll, 1848, Fort Smallwood, 1896, and Fort Howard, 1902. Okay. Those were when they were technically... Finished up. Finished. So uh, I I have a question for you because (laughs) most of the other forts I have like a bit of a story about. I've I've been to pretty much all five of those forts. Right. No, no, I'm sorry. And only three of those... Mm-hmm. Our actual today, to this day, are state-sanctioned government historical sites. The right. other two are, but Fort Carroll is like the redheaded stepchild yeah. that pretty much the government's like, eh. Yeah, they don't really care about it. Well, they also don't really care about Armistead, but I feel like it's, we'll get into that a yeah, little more, too. I mean, they, but they still have a, a sign. Yeah, they do. it has a historical document placard saying what it is. Right. I mean, it doesn't have the majesty and glory of the other three. Fort McHenry, you know. Yeah, or Smallwood or Howard. Yeah. So now Howard, mm-hmm. okay? That is the only one of these five forts I have not actually been to. Okay. Have you been to Howard before? A uh, long time ago. Really? I, I've never yeah. been, and like I'm kind well, of upset if you now. Move to Dundalk, you'll be close. It, it'll be close. Yeah, that's yeah. what I plan on doing. I want to mm-hmm. explore that. So yeah. now I explored a little bit of a North Point State Park, mm-hmm. which I thought that Fort Howard was in. Hmm. But it's not. It's no. actually like two miles up the road. Yeah. So it's not not far. North Point, though, there was a battle of North Point mm-hmm. that all happened there. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, that 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 all happened, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, actual Fort Howard, I, I've never actually been to. Nice. But I'd like to check it out. Fort Carroll, originally designed as part of the third system coastal defense fort to protect the entrance of the Baltimore Harbor, like I said before. Construction started in 1848 under the supervision of Colonel Robert E. Lee. Now, call back. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say Robert that. E. Lee also went to West Point. Mm, nog. And what, yeah. And <laughs> when we discussed the Nog episode, mm-hmm. so we, we brought him up yep. there as well. And he was the Colonel of the Army Corps of Engineers at the time. Right. 
until he was called to duty in 1852 to become the superintendent at West Point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Located in the middle of the Patapsco River, like you said, off Hawkins Point in Baltimore County. Mm-hmm. This actually kind of plays into some other stuff that happens later with this property. At latitude 39.214757, longitude <laughs> negative 76.519303, just in case. Named October 8th, 1850 for Charles Carroll, who was the last surviving signer of the Declaration of Independence at the time. He was like 90 years old. Yeah, he was the very last one to survive. And yeah. they, so they, they were like, well. Let's name um, him. Yeah, let's name it after him. He's the last one. Right. Originally known as Fort at Sellers Point Flats before they gave it Carol's name. Right. Construction was ended by 1900, quote unquote. So now here's the thing. The, the walls of it are only, I, I believe there's something like. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I'll, well, I'll get into that. Okay. It's a hexagonal 3.4 acre man-made by hand mm-hmm. back in 1848, 1848. when they started. Okay. And, and, and the, I mean, basically, this was a response to the Battle of 1812. Yes. It was all a response to the British rolling straight up the bay, rolling straight up the Tapsico River mm-hmm. and attacking Baltimore. They were right. like, this can't happen anymore. Right. So exactly. that's why they started creating this. So handmade, 10 foot thick. By 40 foot high walls. Right. With basically just giant slabs and brick. Yeah. And I mean, if it is kind of majestic when you see it, it from afar. Yeah. Designed to mount 225 guns in a three tier system with brick casements and a barbette or a raised platform tier above those casements. Which was difficult to build due to all of the settling that kept happening on this man-made island. Right. Well, you, you've got the silt of the... It just, it just keeps on pushing down. hmm Only one of the tiers was almost completed. <laughs> <laughs> and it was never actually finished in its entirety. So we really only have the single tier. Right. So it also has uh, curved granite stairs, brick archways... And originally, uh, the the had the 350 cannon ports. Had a blacksmith shop, a carpentry shop, and a caretaker's house. Mm-hmm. Though, I mean, I don't know if you want to start to get into its downfall already. But no, I'm I'm just going through the 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 major points right now. Right. So 30 cannons were eventually mounted during the U.S. Civil War, but due to the flooding that happened on the fort in 1864. The powder and the cannons were moved to Fort McHenry. The fort went into sort of a caretaker and active state after the Civil War. And the structure pretty much sat dormant for a while, uh, until about 1898. Yeah, so basically because it's right out in the middle of the, of the, of the river there... Yeah, it was torrential downpour, mm-hmm. and it basically started getting all of the like the gunpowder and stuff wet. Yeah, because they couldn't actually get it covered well enough. Mm-hmm. So they were like, "Yeah, okay, this isn't working," and they just took it and they moved it to Fort McHenry. Right by 1898, as a direct result of the Spanish-American War, more construction at the fort was underway. Plus, a detachment was stationed there from Fort McHenry. By 1917, World War I was in full swing, but 
it took several of the the cannons, the guns from Fort Carroll to be used elsewhere during the war. So that was between 1917 and 1918 where they were like, okay, all the guns that are stationed at Fort Carroll, you're coming with us. Mm-hmm. By 1921, the U.S. Army officially, officially abandoned the fort and removed all the equipment to Fort Howard, where that fort was still being used. Right. All right. So I've got a little, just a little bit for lighthouse people. Do you know that there's lighthouse people that just <laughs> yes. are cra- like, yes. there's people that are just I, really crazy about lighthouses. I did see a lot about the lighthouse yeah. on, on Fort Carroll, but I left that up to you because well, I figured that was kind of your niche. Well, because there's pe- that are there's these people that are like, mm-hmm. they go, they try to see every lighthouse, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. In, in the it's U.S. Like, and stuff like, like, like that. watchers. Right. Or, yeah. So just, just for you lighthouse people, there was an addition in 1853 of the lighthouse and of course it was abandoned uh, it was built on the ramparts to aid navigation into the baltimore harbor in 1898 a new lighthouse was built basically on the other side that was built on the south side and then it, got, it was moved to the uh i believe it was moved to the what was it like the southeast side yeah so no southwest side it was moved it was on like the baltimore side yeah the they baltimore side the harbor side yeah and they moved it over yeah uh and there is still one that can be seen today that's all just wooden. Mm-hmm. It was actually automated in right. 1920, but then completely discontinued operation right. by 1945. Right. They just couldn't keep anything going on there, like yeah. at all. During World War II and up until 1955, the Army and the Coast Guard used the fort as a small arms range, which is perfect because it's out in the middle of the damn the bay. Yeah, so no matter how much you shoot— you're not going to hit anybody on land. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I also want to mention that, you know, like you were saying, because it was a, a, a you know, a shooting range, mm-hmm. they also, that was the only shots that have ever been fired yeah. on Fort Carroll yeah. was shooting range shots. Mm-hmm. So it was never in battle. Nope. Right. Never finished. So it was never finished. <laughs> so just the fact that they used it for like, you know, a shooting range, that was, that was it. That's the only way that it actually was ever Anybody ever fired anything on it? <laughs> right, exactly. It never fired a shot in anger. Yeah. The fort was put up for sale, and it was bought by one Benjamin Eisenberg in 1958 for around $10,000. And he was a, a Baltimore lawyer at the time. Right. Can you imagine buying your own private island for ten grand? That's pretty awesome. I mean— Do you know what the current value is? I, I No, no, I didn't see it. 31000 Are you serious? I am serious. Do you want to buy it? Yes. <laughs> I don't Screw know. Screw buying this house. Let's take my savings. Right. I'll, we'll move on to Fort We'll Carroll. buy a boat. <laughs> <laughs> With an annual state tax around $380 a year. That's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I wanted to say, so we're going to be talking about all the forts that are in the Patapsico right there. But, mm. but the two major ones that I think we're mostly focused on are Fort Carroll and Fort Armistead. Right. Well, they're, and they're they're the ones that are the third tier. Right. Which doesn't make sense because they are the ones that are in the middle. In the middle. But it's like, I guess, you know, first all the way in, second all the way out, third is in the middle. Yeah. Of the bay. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 so it, basically the reason why we, we wanted to talk about it is because it's so weird, the fact that it's a man-made island out there, mm-hmm. okay? But Fort Armistead is a place that we, 
used to spend a lot of time in, mm-hmm. which is you can see Fort Carroll from Fort Armistead. Right. I mean, I always called them sister forts. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Just it's how I knew of both of them was that the sight lines from the turrets from both Fort Carroll and Fort Armistead, they line up. Right. It's it's they were to lend aid if anything were to happen. So if, if a British ship were to come up the Patapsico, right. basically, you, you know, had two it would lines be a, of sight. Yeah, it'd be a shooting gallery. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, you wouldn't be able to make it through. Right. Hey, listeners, how many times has this happened to you? You're scrolling through your iTunes podcast list and all you see are all these shows with structure and formats and complicated setups why i just want to listen to a podcast i can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups you want to listen not think that's why there's hobo radio hobo radio a podcast with two guys just shooting the breeze oh this doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all Thanks, Hobo Radio! You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself! Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. So for this episode, we're talking about Fort Carroll, forts in general. So I decided, this being a super local episode, right. you know, uh, to find us a super local beer. Mm-hmm. From Dogfish Head. You've worked with those guys before. Yeah, I have. They have a beer that's called Fort. Yeah. So we had to try it. So I love the side of it. It says it was brewed over a ton of raspberries. Right. And they were 10 bucks a bottle. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do I have to reimburse you for that? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just the nose on it. I'm just... I'm definitely getting like a Belgian kind of like fruity stone fruit kind of thing. Like a triple, a double. Yeah, yep. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's very... It's super fruity. All right. I'm going in for a taste. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Joe, wow. what percentage is this? Oh, man. I don't... I can't read... There's nothing on the bottle that tells me. <laughs> it's strong. It's very strong. Ooh, that's good, though. It's good. Yeah. But that's that's like a barley wine. Yeah. That's a fucking barley wine. That is like a barley wine, yeah. Jesus. But it, it says it's like Belgian ale inspired. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's... Oof. Oh, boy. I'm going to be slurring before the end of this. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous out of one beer. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Well, thank you, Dogfish. Absolutely. Uh, support the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some of the plans, some of the ideas that came from this this sale. So we know what the fort used to be, what it didn't become, and the, the, the things that it didn't have to go through. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it, it didn't fight. It's basically... It, was, it was never finished. Yeah. You know, and the government was like, eh. Nah. Yeah, so, it's, it's 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 basically like, okay, so here's the thing. Living in Pasadena, it's basically like, I would say going the back way into Baltimore, okay? Mm-hmm. So going the back way, I pass by Quarantine Road, 
Okay, I all, I pass by. Uh, There's no zombies there. There's no. <laughs> I pass by. Uh, what, is it Fort Armistead Road as well? Yeah. So I pass yeah. by Fort Armistead Road right there, mm-hmm. and in fact, that's what I turn on to jump onto uh, the Key Bridge, right. six ninety five, the Key Bridge to come over. But I would go the back way into Baltimore. Okay, so mm-hmm. I would pass by Fort Armistead all the time whenever I go into Baltimore or want to jump on six ninety five. Right. All of the roads in there and and along Curtis Bay, which is basically like just like once you get past Fort Carroll and you get past the key bridge you'll see curtis bay off to your left and it's a whole bunch of just like it's chemical plants and i yeah, mean it's it's, just, it's, it's all industry it's all industry stuff yeah. and and it's just and that that road between the the county and the city mm-hmm. they do not do jack shit with it right they don't patch up potholes nope they don't level out anything nope. they don't take care of anything <laughs> nope. it's like an unwanted unused toy yeah and and they don't care because what are they going to do? Hear the people in the county complain about it? Right. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing with Fort Armistead mm-hmm. and Fort Carroll. They don't care because no one in problem. the city wants to use it. No one wants to claim it as their responsibility. Right. So, it, you know, it is in disrepair. And if you ever go to Fort Armistead, which is much easier to get to than Fort Carroll because True. it's not surrounded by water <laughs> on 360 sides. Right. You know, you'll see how disused it is. Yeah. And, I mean, you it's know. It's pretty sad. Yeah. It really is. Some of the ideas that were floated, this is before the sale to Benjamin Eisenberg. Mm -hmm. So in the interim, after the the army was like, eh, we're done. Let's just abandon it. The government can deal with it later, whatever. Some of the ideas that came up from different developers, even county stuff, even county people were like, let's do something with this property. Let's try and do something with it, yeah. So one of the ideas was build a statue, very akin to the Statue of Liberty in New York. That is a feasible option to me. Yeah. I feel like that would be... One of the ideas was Lord Baltimore. Okay. Which was uh, George Calvert. Mm-hmm. The neat thing is, is that the Statue of Liberty actually sits on an old abandoned fort. Oh, is that what... Uh, yeah. what, the, what the is fort it? Wood. Really? Yeah. Huh. So that island that Statue of Liberty sits on is basically the same thing that Fort Carroll used to be. So there's a precedent there. Yes. Alcatraz. Turning it into a... a an island prison. Right. So that was not in my backyard. No, but that was one of the ideas. (laughs) Uh, A museum, of course, and or a conference center. And this is all before the sale. Mm -hmm. After the sale, mind you, Eisenberg had a a pretty grand scheme for the property. Mind you, it's 3.4 acres. Yeah, it's big. Out in the middle, that's a large lot. So his plan was a casino with a hotel. A restaurant or a couple of restaurants and a bowling alley. Which all seem like, uh, it just seems like he wants to make Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, or or Arundel Mills nowadays. So here's the problem with that. The reason why he couldn't put the casino on it Mm -hmm. is because it is technically, what is it, Baltimore City property, right? Uh At the time... It was just outside of Anne Arundel County. Right. In Baltimore County. So it was in Baltimore County property. Right. So Anne Arundel County at the time uh, was casino and gambling tolerant. Uh-huh. Baltimore County, on the other hand, was a no-no. Was not. You cannot have a casino within county lines. Now, laws have changed now. True. Where there True. are, there. I mean, we have a... You know, just in downtown Baltimore, we have a casino now. Right. Well, so, this was 1958. Yeah. You know. But I, I remember just uh, 10 years ago, 
you know, we would drive to go see our friend Ryan mm-hmm. that lived in, uh, <laughs> Delaware. in Delaware. We mm-hmm. would go meet up with him and then go to one of the casinos out there because we didn't have any here in Maryland. Mm-hmm. So due to the casino idea falling through, uh, he still did a bunch of work on the property. He patched up a bunch of fallen walls, planted some peach trees, which that has a problem now, <laughs> did a bunch of landscaping, and, and just basically tried to get it to where you could walk through without something falling on you. Right. Or, uh, you know, a wall falling over into the sea. Mm-hmm. By 1964, he did lease it to a developer for use for his private passenger hydrofoil. This was the 60s, man. So It was crazy 60s. So what? Like he was going to like rent hydrofoils? No, no, no. This guy had a hydrofoil. Okay. Bought a hydrofoil and needed a a base to ferry people back and forth through the harbor to have his hydrofoil at. Okay. And that was the Baltimore Clipper. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Now it's just a boat. Yeah. But back in the 60s, it was a hydrofoil. Hmm. So past the hydrofoil, the family that owned it, the Eisenbergs, couldn't really get it up and running to do much else. Uh, so over time, the trees grew, weeds, vines, the animals pretty much took over the entire property. Right. Along with the wonderful East Coast weather that we have, Fort Carroll really started to deteriorate pretty badly. Giant chunks are, are kind of falling off, and the, the trees are starting to crack the foundations. In 2000... The year 2000, another developer signed up with the Eisenberg family to, quote-unquote, preserve the terrific piece of history that is Fort Carroll. However, that was all just good intentions mm-hmm. and nothing actually happened. Joe, i got to be honest with you. I don't think it's that terrific of a piece of history. I mean, it really <laughs> it never saw battle. Right. Well, as a as a... As an architectural structure that of the time. That is what's cool about it. Dude, I saw a documentary. This was years ago, and I tried to find it, and I can't. Mm-hmm. But there was a group of people that went on the island, and maybe MPT or something like that. You know, I kind of, I think I remember that. But they went, it, yeah. they went through to, like, the mundane stuff. Like, they went into the bathroom, right? right. And it has a tidal urinal. That is awesome. Every time the tide rises, it comes up through this sort of triangular trough style urinal. Right. And it washes all the pee and stuff out. Yeah. So twice a day, you Mm -hmm. have high tide. Mm -hmm. And every time it raises up, it has room to flush it out. Yeah. Like just like your modern flush toilet. Yeah. I mean, and you're talking, what, 1848 when they started designing this. Right. Like as an architectural structure and what it had to offer Mm -hmm. like that's pretty awesome that is awesome so i have a question for you if they were to turn it into a casino Mm -hmm. would they keep the high tide flushing (laughs) toilets they would probably have to do some kind of callback something else no some kind of callback yeah because because i feel like it would just it basically means all the turds flush out into the bay well that already (laughs) happens now (laughs) by 2008 the maryland department natural resource census found some 10 varieties of nesting birds including egrets herrings ibises and cormorants living on or around fort carroll while many of the local birds like we all see also use the fort to nest 
most of the 10 varieties that the Department of Natural Resources found are considered endangered, or this is the only stop they have along their journey when they're, their migration. As they migrate, yeah. That they stop. So, so apparently it's become a protected bird sanctuary. From some some of the stuff that I read that they used to they used to actually roost by some of the power plants in the area. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I think like the one that used to be in downtown Baltimore, like the power plant that yeah. there used to be like kind of a, an area down there where they would roost into some trees, but then that got taken over by more industry and you know, right down there is where the aquarium is and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they actually moved a little bit further along yeah. to Fort Carroll. Yeah. And are completely undisturbed there, which is mm-hmm. why they're there. And it's neat because some of them, some of the species have been on the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Conservation list right. since 1918. And that is the only place to land in Maryland is right. on Fort so Carroll. Not quite endangered. No. But they're, they're, the, they're the getting in close to getting, getting close to endangered. Right. And that, that's kind of where it is today. It's basically like a bird sanctuary. Yeah. That's that's the only thing that lives on the island, mm-hmm. the only well, thing that stays on the island. Lots of rats, well, lots of bugs. Okay. So, let me let me just point this out. It's a little early to mm-hmm. get into some of the myths, but let's let's bring that up. Mm-hmm. My wife, my wife. <laughs> so, Dana was telling me that she always remembered it being called Rat Island. Rat okay? Island. Yes, okay. like the nickname of it being Rat Island. Uh-huh. Oh, out there, it's Rat Island. Like, we all knew it was out there. And before we knew what it was called, Fort Carroll, because we were dumb kids and didn't care about history, <laughs> Right. everyone just called it Rat Island. Mm-hmm. Now, from people that I know, you know, and have firsthand knowledge of that have been out there, because I've never been to Fort Carroll. I've seen it with my own eyes, mm-hmm. you know, lots of times, but I've never stepped foot on it. Everyone tells me that they've never seen any rats on it. Have hmm. you actually been to Fort Carroll? No, I haven't. You haven't either? No, but all the reports I've seen are there are lots and lots of bones of small rodents and things in and amongst all of the, the bird droppings or old nests. So there so there might be, you know, bunnies and there might be some rats, but I don't think that it's completely taken over. No, I don't think it's over. overrun. Yeah. But the, the idea of there not being rats. In a Baltimore surrounding, right. you know, structure and, that has plentiful food, i.e. all the bird eggs and bird poop and, and things right. that and come with birds. Apparent prop peaches, apparently, from the peach trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So you would think, and rats can swim, you know, so it's... Yeah, but do you think they... I don't think they're swimming all the way to Fort Carroll. No, but I if mean, a that's hand, far. Yeah, but if a handful got there... Yeah. But, I mean, I was going to say, like, I mean... They, might even have like a new species out there by now. Maybe. You know what I mean? After it being out there for 90 years. <laughs> right. As of 2013, the Preservation Alliance of Baltimore County have pushed to have the fort included on the endangered Maryland list. Okay. So it's basically a list of historic sites in Maryland that are on a list to be protected. Right. Whether so rehabbed be... or, or something. So... Even though someone might want to do some work on it, by law, they wouldn't be able to. They're well, they trying would, to push for that. They would have to go through government regulations to do it. Right. Now, I, I would also say, too, that, you know, with it having so many endangered species, you know, well, not endangered, but, you know, like critically, not critically endangered. What's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, just species on it that roost and roost nowhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that you, 
I, you know, I really it's, don't it's think there's the, any saving it for humanity. At no, this point. no, it's part of the migratory bird treaty. Right. That's that's what what okay. it comes from. So I went to go look all this up. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, the Baltimore Sun said that I look look already looked up too many. <laughs> <laughs> too many articles. Too many articles this month, and I okay. wasn't allowed to, uh, to do it to, to do that. So I, I'm glad that you have this information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Preservation Alliance of Baltimore County, their their main goal they're pushing for, and this is from 2013, is is not to rehab it, make a casino, or nothing like that. It's basically just to stabilize the overall fort so it doesn't fall into the harbor. Right, because it's, I mean, it's literally sinking. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's bit by can, bit, those trees are, it's it's like a tree on a sidewalk. Right. Eventually, that sidewalk will get all pulled up, twisted, broken, and this is a man-made 3.4-acre island. Right. It's, it's basically it's, a big it, concrete sidewalk. It's cracking the concrete. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's happening, and this society is trying to, to get it passed. To where it is considered a historic piece of property and the government has to step in and do something. Right. So, Joe, I have a little bit something else that is also happening right around Fort Carroll. Okay. So, uh, talking about the government doing something. Okay. Uh, so, the DNR, Department of National Resources oh, for- do the, not resuscitate. Yeah. Well, the DNR for the, <laughs> for the, for the state of Maryland. Uh-huh. Okay. We've enacted a few different laws so that there are sanctuaries for oysters. Yeah. Okay. So that there's specific places that you cannot- actually dredge oysters up mm-hmm. okay and one of those places is right near fort carroll yeah, right I, in I that found, i found a couple of great articles about right that. Yeah. right in that shipping lane and one of the reasons why is because uh they're much better to actually get out in the in the bay rather than in the you know just right in the patapsico river mm-hmm. and and the reason why is because they have a hard time growing there because you know, you have a lot of fresh water coming down like the Jones Falls and into the river right there. Mm-hmm. So even though it is a little bit brackish, it has a little bit of salt to it. It's nothing like where the bay is. Right. You know what I mean? They have a much harder time growing and living there. Okay. Yeah, to, to old age. Yeah. yeah. To, and and also. The spat phase. Yeah. There's some diseases that they have. Now, yeah. I believe that we discussed and talked about them them during our, our oyster Oysters episode. episode, which mm-hmm. you should go back and listen to <laughs> no. as a companion to this. <laughs> but uh, but they there are a few different diseases that they have specifically from living in the, you know, in the uh, in the river there. Mm hmm. However, there is a sanctuary right there near Fort Carroll, and they call it the Fort Carroll Sanctuary. Right. Now, in 2017, they were trying to give oysters a second chance, and they actually wound up dumping, like, literally a boatload of oyster shells. Mm -hmm. Now, oyster shells... Go ahead. To this day, the count is something like 3 million transplanted oysters so far. Right. And that's between WRA, which is this this real estate company, uh, Chesapeake Bay Foundation, and there's two or three other ones, uh, Baltimore Health Harbor, mm-hmm. like have all gotten together and it's like, let's transplant these oyster spats out into this protected area, which has been protected since 1995, mind right. you. Right. So Natural Resources Department designated the area around Fort Carroll in 1995. Right. Now- An oyster sanctuary. I mean, there are accounts of like- these giant heaping shoals of oysters that actually used to pop out above back in like the, the 1700s and yeah 1800s, above yeah. the water so mm-hmm. you know they would actually peak up above the water so you would see them at low tide you know and they're trying they, you know i doubt we're ever going to get back to that necessarily right what they're saying is that that 
compared to back then when it happened, that we're probably at like 1% capacity mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to where we were then. Yeah. I mean, the water quality in, in the harbor is atrocious. Right. And there is little or nothing that lives in the center of the bay. So the problem is, is that you have... You don't have any light coming down to hit those seagrasses that right. are down there. Or okay? oxygen. Oxygen. <laughs> or you, you have no snuck. light because of all the pollutants. Mm-hmm. And what oysters do is they suck up all the pollutants and they right. spit out good water. Mm-hmm. So they clean it all up. And by having that sanctuary right there and no one actually being able to dredge anything up, they, they can filter out the bay so the seagrasses can can start coming back and we can actually get life again. Well, I'm sorry, in the, in the river, in the Patapsico River. Right. So here's some good news. They dumped, like I said, a boatload of spat and oyster shells down there. And as of 2018, they apparently actually went and checked and researchers found oysters surviving and growing at uh, at the man-made oyster reef next to Fort Carroll in the mid- middle of the Patapsico River. So it's they're starting to grow. Yeah. They're starting to grow back. That's awesome. You know, now apparently they're starting to grow slower. Than what they what they do out in the bay, right? And I think that's due, like like I said, to the hindrances you know, that, that they have to deal with. Yeah, but it is growing. Yeah. So and that's, the great thing about that's some good news is that they are adaptable, right? And apparently, they've actually even found some anemones that are down there in mm-hmm. in the shoals. Nice. So I mean, they've got some sea life coming back. Sweet. So the last bit of history stuff I have before we get into the myths and legends is I found a thesis. Mm-hmm. I found a very interesting thesis, and it's dated from last year, 2017, by a Marissa Lita Timberlake, and I think she's going for her master's in uh, architecture. Okay. So the part of the thesis that I found really interesting was it was a proposal, basically, for Fort Carroll and Fort Armstead. Mm -hmm. The history, where it came from, what it went through through the years and where it sits now and what can be done with it. Okay. And her ideas are, it's it's not groundbreaking. It's not anything far-fetched, but it's basically to turn them into a museum, a ecological research center for things just like oysters and the birds that live on them. The birds, yeah. Yeah. So you're not really interfering. You're not tearing down all this stuff to to make way for a casino, but you are shoring up the, the... foundations and everything, still keeping the ecosystem running, but enabling people to come and do research and and find out history. And do, enjoy it. Do classes on oyster farming like they already do. Like there's, you know, the the waterfront partners in Baltimore Health. Like they that's what they do. They teach people what's going on in the Bay. So it's basically taking all of those ideas to these two seemingly abandoned properties uh, pretty much that were part of american history at yeah. least here in baltimore and doing something with them right and it's i mean i i don't know the designs that she came up with the ideas I, it's like yeah where do i sign Let's to put a that. petition yeah. on this because it's awesome right so it's the the name of the thesis is engaging the abandoned blurring the edge of baltimore's forgotten fortresses so I'll I'll give you the stuff. Yeah, and put a I'd link like on to link. I'd like to take a read to that because it's really really interesting well, and nothing. It's not like far fetched and crazy. You're talking like half of Fort Carroll having a walk around pier and an upper deck pier, and you're talking all made out of wood. So right. you're not interfering with anything, and maybe like some research class stuff 
in a few of the tunnel areas that they have. Well, Armstead was the one that she was, she like totally redesigned walkways and like bayside research facilities to test water and to help grow fish and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a lot of cool stuff. Well, it kind of reminds me of, uh, there, there's another one just on the other side of Dundalk over there. Mm-hmm. And it's actually in the bay and it's called Hart Miller Island. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. Hart Miller Island is actually a it's, a, it's a park. It's a state park, but it is, it is, it's an island. So mm-hmm. to get to the state park, they have like, you know, where you can swim and, you know, all different kinds of stuff, you know, and they've got like hiking trails back in it, but you have to have a boat or a kayak to get to it. Okay. So, okay. and they actually have a, like a DNR facility on Hart Miller Island. That's what she wants to do with this. Which I think would be awesome for Armistead and Carol yeah. to be able to so, do something she like was, that. She was saying like, you could rent a kayak or a canoe or maybe even a little, a little skiff to take three or four people at a time. Right. Over to Fort Carroll to view that. But you mm-hmm. have to go through the regulations, through the Department of Natural Resources. You gotta Resources. spend money to make money. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you're talking like this real slow, gradual boat ride over to the Fort Carroll. I mean, it's not very far if you want to boat over there. Right. It really isn't. Well, there, you know, just some of the urban explorers that I've seen, like some of the mm-hmm. accounts of mm-hmm. and stuff, a lot mm-hmm. of the time what they're doing, they're not taking their speedboats. They're, no. They're, they're, they're launching off at Fort Armistead. Mm-hmm. And they're they're rowing right on over to Fort Carroll. Mm -hmm. And when they do, they, you know, they tie up their kayak and they go hop onto Fort Carroll and like look around and take pictures. Yeah, because you can't actually get in. Yeah, it's not really easy to do. Yeah. I mean, the the landing that actually gets into the fort, I think it's something like 10 or 12 feet above the actual landing that sits at water level. Right. Because they took all of the ladders and all that stuff away because people kept trying to get in there and stupid kids and dumb stuff. So there is no access right now. Right. It's it's basically a boarded up old facility sitting in the middle of a harbor. Yeah. Or you have to use a grappling hook. <laughs> or, or that, if you're Batman. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, people have gotten up there and I think recently, I think yeah. that's what they do is they bring yeah. their own rope. And they somehow get up there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, just find an old bo- bolt to, to lasso around and Yeah. I mean, and, and I've seen up. some drone footage, some flyover footage. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's... Which, uh, by the way, I'm going to add that to the show notes. Good, because good. it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's such a neat place. Like, I know it doesn't have a history. Right. Well, it, it does, but it doesn't. It's right. not lurid. It's not crazy. For it being so boring, Yeah, it's such an interesting piece of property. So talking about that, you know, getting into let's we'll start getting into some of the some of the crazy stuff that's been happening. Okay. Okay. So first off, uh, most of it, I already talked about the rat thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Most of it involves Fort Armistead instead of Fort Carroll. Yes, it does. Now, Mm -hmm. one of the major things that I I remember about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, do, Do you remember the Starscape Festival? Oh, yeah. Did you ever actually go to that? I went once. You went one time? Yeah. So at Fort Armistead, Baltimore City was actually giving them for 14 years straight mm-hmm. the ability to go and have a, a huge event there, just like you would have at like a city park or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you block it all off with ropes. and Yeah. I mean, you block it all off to, and make sure it's all fenced in. Right. And they were having a big, huge electronic musical fe- music festival there. Techno house. Right. So early dubstep kind of stuff. Now, I I wound up performing there, I think, like maybe two or three years in a row. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the the very the last year that they had it was, I believe, in 2014. No, 2012. 
Yeah, I think it was 2012 or 13. Yeah. So they had the last one, okay? Mm -hmm. And apparently one of the reasons why was that uh, the the EMS, like the people were coming in, they were getting – there were some people who were definitely taking some drugs at – Imagine that, an electronic music festival. Yeah. Uh, but there was so much coming in from Anne Arundel County ambulances and mm. from Baltimore that they were just like, we can't do this anymore. Right. You know, and they decided right. to close it down. And also, I believe that one of the main founders wound up getting uh, charged for some like drug running. Probably. Something like that. I believe it was the same guy that might have owned Sonar. Yeah. Which yeah. eventually closed down shortly which after. Which closed down because <laughs> of the same shortly thing. Shortly after. So, uh, so. But also there are other some promotion, some of the other promotion companies that Mm. that I believe that I worked for when Mm. I was working there that decided to create it. And they have it over at um, is it Pimlico? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's called the Moonrise Festival. So basically the Moonrise Festival uh, rose out of the ashes of what was the Starscape Festival. And it's probably a lot better now. Yeah, probably. You know, so if I I got to be honest with you, I'm not a huge electronic music person, but, uh, you know, I I enjoyed performing there. It was a it was a good time. But yeah, I I usually left before it got all crazy Mm -hmm. because I'm just not that kind of dude. You (laughs) know what I mean? So there's that. And and that apparently like all the tunnels and stuff were open. That was like the VIP section. People mm-hmm. were going. And when we talk about it being abandoned, okay, Joe, you've done some walking around down oh, there, right? Oh, I have. Every single nook and cranny of that place I've right. crawled through. So I myself, I can tell you, I know that I've gone down there a lot, like into the tunnels, into the crypts, <laughs> you know, and there's just, just graffiti everywhere. Yeah. Broken beer bottles, glass all over. Like you mm-hmm. couldn't lay down down there. You'd get cut from stem to stern. Okay. Right. So apparently like no one has cleaned it up in just years. It's yeah. not going to be cleaned up. It's right. not, you know, no one really cares about it. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, I've watched like a few different people like videoing them going through it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's not that weird to me because we've both been down there. Mm-hmm. In fact, there, there's these little in between some of the different rooms. There are these little like tunnels, like little just little tiny pipes and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. That where they cut the pipe out to get the but the part that's still in the concrete is still there. Mm-hmm. So I remember Jake and um uh, Stephanie, do you remember Stephanie Hoover Mm-mm. and uh, Jake Vatra, some some yeah, friends of Vatras, ours? Yeah. We went down there one time. I believe we cut school and went down there, and we were <laughs> shooting bottle rockets through like the pipes through the at holes. each other, <laughs> through the holes at each other, you know. And there's right. inside the tunnels, it's all just concrete, so you're not even going to catch anything on fire. Right. But we were just having like bottle rocket parties where we were firing them off at each other and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, like exploring it and stuff. Now, as you were going in, do you have any crazy stories? Oh man. Uh, Do you have any just crazy stories that you can actually tell that, that oh, yeah. aren't incriminating? There was the time that one of our friends, I don't know if you know him or not, but anyway, he, he thought cops were coming. We were there past the time that we're supposed to be there. Right. Because you're not supposed to be there at night. Right. I mean, it's a park. Yeah. It's technically a state park. And there is no no way, no bar that opens up to let no, you in. No, nope. You can just drive in. Now, yep. You can just a, drive in. And apparently, cops do come in from from what i hear from time to time they do cops do come in they roll around the parking lot and leave and that's supposed to happen about six times a day right on that night he thought he saw something turned ran up the little embankment hill area that goes back into the fort and there's these lovely four inch by four inch pillars right like wooden pillars to show you where the trail goes he smacked right into that, <laughs> broke his nose right oh. then and there, blood everywhere. 
But he still kept running because yeah. he didn't want to get caught by the cops. So there's all kinds of stairs back there. Mm-hmm. All kind. I mean, there's there like, are three batteries back there, right? Where there were these gigantic cannons that right. were mounted back there at one time. Yeah, so you can see where the like the the hole was where mm-hmm. they were pulled out. Yeah, and you so. can see where the the old tracks were where you, you would they would actually pivot the cannon on the track. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. So I was going to say one of the myths, or, or rather. Probably the only myth besides Rat Island, okay, Mm -hmm. that I was able to hear about or Mm -hmm. find out about is the urban myth that there are tunnels. Right. You know this, (laughs) right? That there are tunnels that somewhere deep down in the crypts of Fort Armistead, Uh there is a tunnel that you can dig under. Not dig. That that, existed. That that existed that goes under the the river. The harbor. (laughs) And comes out at Fort Carroll. Right. Okay, it's, so in insane. your time, in your time that you were there, <laughs> did you ever find one of those tunnels to okay. dig out, so to dig through? I do remember this myth way, way back. In all of the times scouting through all of those little nooks and crannies and hallways, there are a handful of, of areas that are blocked off, that have been bricked up. Right. Most of those are due to the concrete finally giving out. And that section caving in. There was never a tunnel that went from Armstead to Fort Carroll. Okay, so when was Ever. when was Fort Armstead and Fort Carroll built? What were the what were the years again? Fort Carroll was built in 1848. Fort Armstead was built in 1897. Okay, well, let me just say that the first tunnel that was built under the Thames, the mm-hmm. Thames, the Thames. The Thames. The Thames. The Thames. That's it. There we go. Sorry, <laughs> British listeners. Uh, it was dug between 1825 and 1843. Mm-hmm. It was using a brand new tunneling shield technology created by French engineer, uh, by a French engineer who settled in England. His name was Mark Isenberg Brunel. The first underwater tunnel that was ever created was 396 meters long. Did they call it the Brunel Tunnel? <laughs> they probably please, should have please. called it the Brunel Tunnel. <laughs> It was six meters high and 11 inches or 11 feet wide, and it was located 23 meters below the river surface at high tide. So since that was dug in 1825 to 1843, Joe, the technology existed. Oh, no, I'm not saying it didn't. I'm not saying that, that I'm it just wasn't saying, possible. Uh, I'm what, saying, say, 25 years before Fort Armistead and Carroll, the technology existed. Joe, I think there are tunnels. Oh, man. There are tunnels oh, that man. go for Fort Armistead. I'm, there have to be, right? Gonna, we, we know that it existed. It's <laughs> oh, documented. Yes. The technology did exist, but there was no reason. Mind you, 1948 for Fort Carroll, 1897 for Armstead. Right. That's a bit of a span to well, say, okay, let's now build a tunnel to a 50-year-old fort that we're not even using. I'm just saying, let's call it out. Curiosos, we need you to go into those tunnels. You need to find the tunnel that goes there, that goes from Carroll to Armistead and back. Now, I do remember a time where I think I actually almost sold someone on that idea. Did you really? Because, like I said before, there there were areas of Armistead that had collapsed, given way, And the rare bit of stuff the government did in the 90s to fix that place up, they came in and did some concrete work. Back in one of the the hallways, there looks like a door. Right. That has been concreted with modern cinder block. Modern, yeah. Modern cinder block. And it's noticeable. And there's a lovely watermark around them. Right. Like, because it's on a hill. that's where the water is coming in. But it's on a hill. 
So water seeps down the hill, it will seep along that concrete line, and you'll still get those water marks. So what you're saying is, is you definitely think that there's a tunnel behind I that. I definitely do right? not, sir. <laughs> all of, if you look at all of the historic drawings, the architectural drawings, right. none of them, absolutely none of them show a tunnel. They show plenty of, of low-level storage areas. There, there was a tunnel that went out and to the, the right, mm -hmm. where it's pretty much all weeds and overgrown now. Right. Uh, but that was all dug back in and filled with dirt. Mm -hmm. But all it was was a storage facility. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, I, where, and how it sits, the, the, the elevation that it sits at, it sits above the waterline. So right. there is nothing below the waterline to even go down out to Fort Carroll. No, I, I agree. But, but I'm saying that that is literally the only myth that I could find about it. I couldn't find any hauntings. Oh, what I couldn't the, find any, like nothing. Like, well, and what the, about just the, the, the hearsay? Well, the only hearsay that I could find was that there's tunnels. And, and, and uh, we know there's tunnels. There's just not any tunnels going to Fort Carroll. Well, and here there are a few things that I've heard. Okay. Is that it is now overrun like Cat Island in Japan. Oh, oh, it definitely is. No, I mean, you, th that is true. And it's 100%. Some other parks in Baltimore overrun by prostitution. Well, hold on. Let's let's get to the cat thing. Okay. Okay. Because there is definitely cats. Oh, now a ton. Now, apparently there are people who consider themselves good Samaritans and they, they go out there and they feed the cats and they water the cats. They leave bowls of water, bowls of food and shelters for them, like dog houses kind of thing yeah. for the cats to live in. But they're now, just going to propagate and make more cats. Right, and that's the problem. Apparently... There's there's also been like folks that work for the department, the, the animal control department <laughs> that have come out there and they basically they take them. They try to give them good homes. Yeah. And uh, some of the quotes that I saw that they were basically like, well, if people weren't abandoning cats out here. Yeah. Then it probably it, we would have had this mess cleaned up by now. Right. So people are abandoning cats. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they found a few dead cats out there. Mm -hmm. They found cats with their collars are so tight around their necks that they, you know, choke. Or they, they, they get they caught choke. on something and they and they choke that. Yeah, way. because they're they're probably eating stuff. They're getting a little full and they're 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 getting choked by their collars. They've also mm -hmm. found cats that oh, this is awful. I I am so sorry. I am not the one who did this. That are dead that have their legs tied together out Ooh. there. So I mean, we know that there are some terrible people that visit. Yeah. Barring that, stop dropping cats off. <laughs> Right. Stop dropping cat. Nobody wants them out there. Drop them off at the ASPCA yeah. or 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 I mean, but don't dump them. I'm not a cat person, but don't drop them off in the middle of the damn Fort Armstead Park. Right. Just don't do it. Now, there is a lot. Like I said, there is fishing out there. There is a fishing. There period. is. You, there is a boat launch, a free boat launch. You can go and launch your boat right from there if you'd like. So what was the giant storm that hit here a few years ago? Uh, Sandy. Yeah, it, it tore up. So there's this big, giant, amazing pier out there. Right. And it, I mean, it goes out, I, what, 60, yeah, 80 good. feet out into the water? Yeah. And it's a big pier. During this, this storm that, that you guys had, I wasn't even here. I would think I was in Colorado at the time. Right. Uh, and it, it pretty much pulled all the pilings, tore off all the decking, and lo and behold, the government actually paid to fix that. Right. So, I mean, they, they kind of care. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> about but some things. But I mean, as long as you stay in the parking lot and you don't go out to the well, actual fort. Yeah, but you also have to pay to get your fishing license. So maybe that's why. Right. Yeah. So I don't and know. And a lot of people fish out there. They do. A lot of people also fish for sex out there. Joe. That's true. And speaking of fishing real quick, then the one neat thing that I love about that park, Fort Armstead, mm-hmm. uh, is that the sand is a lovely, lovely tint of red. Mm-hmm. And that's due to Bethlehem Steel right across the water. Right. Used to dump their their steel slag into the bay. <laughs> so there's lots of, lots of iron mixed there, in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, but like we were saying, on the uh, prostitutes, there are. So I don't. I don't think it's just prostitution. No, it's not. I it's think a it's lot also of hookups just hookups. And, and just, so from what I, I understand, and wave with a burrito in my hand, and then you hop in my car. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like the the in the bathroom tapping your foot sort of thing <laughs> with a uh, hole in the wall. Well, I think that there's a <laughs> boy. I, you know, I don't want to get into something that's going to get me in trouble or no. anyone upset at me. Yeah. But I think there's some people that are like closet cases that mm. they that they outwardly. Don't express Don't express that they're, you know, who they are or Mm -hmm. that they might be gay. Right. And they might have families, but they might enjoy having random sex with strangers of the same, you know, of the same. It's been going on since Roman times. Right. So homosexuals, if you will. Uh, So I guess also maybe when you're of that age. Maybe you just feel like you have to hide it because you have for so long. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. As of nowadays, you know, you can actually get married to someone of the same sex and nobody gives a shit. Right. Right. But I think that, you know, some people still feel like they have that stigma. So yeah, they have there to, is, they there feel is. like they have to meet in places, you know, out of the way, you mm-hmm. know? So apparently the the stigma is, or rather the, the idea is, is that if you park with your, with the back of your car, mm-hmm. you, you back up. Uh, that means that you are ready to solicit. Oh, there's a you, method. If you pull in forward, that you don't want anything. Okay. So that is the that is the urban legend about it. Although I don't think it's an urban legend. I think that's pretty. I think it's pretty sound. If hmm. I'm honest with you. Now, I mean, I've never pulled up there myself, except for to <laughs> never backed in. I've, I, if I ha- if I've done any of that, it was by accident, and right, I right. was going with some friends back in like the '90s to go mm-hmm. down there and drink. Yeah, you know, because that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that is a that is a thing. So if you go up there like in the middle of the night to go check out the ruins at night, mm-hmm. uh, then yeah, just be careful because yeah. you might get your dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Um, so yeah, no hauntings, no murder mysteries. I mean, there has been violence there mm-hmm. uh, over the years. There have been, you know, some fights, some violence, but I've never, I, I couldn't find anything substantiating uh, a ghost or, or anything like that. Right. I've, I've never seen anything. I've never heard anything. I, I would also like to say uh, another good, like, kind of thorough walkthrough of Armistead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy named uh, Dan Bell. And he has like a like a YouTube page, you know, and like a Patreon. We should probably get our Patreon up and running, right? Yeah, well, I, like I mean, I, I need now? to do. Okay, I need to go do that. But uh, he has he has a uh, he has a YouTube page where he did like him and a friend of his who's a photographer. They went through all the ruins like at night. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see how creepy it is at night, mind you, it is it is an ominously creepy place. If you're it's by pretty your goddamn creepy during the day, if you are by yourself and you just stand in one of those hallways mind you half of them like arch in these weird circles right and you just stop and listen you just hear the dripping of old water it's echoey as hell right all concrete slabs 
It's very eerie. It's creepy as shit. Yeah. Back there. I mean, during the day, much less at night. Like, I wouldn't want to go there at night. Well, you wouldn't even know it was daytime. Yeah. In some of those tunnels. That's true. It's dark. Yeah. Joe, that's about about all I got, man. So, when are we going out to Fort Carroll? (laughs) I don't know. We got to find a boat. Uh, Joey Harkham has a boat. Oh, you want to see if Joey yes. will take us out there? Are you going to buy it? Uh, uh, am I going to buy Fort Carroll? Yeah, dude. You know what? On. Screw it. Let's move on to it. I'm telling you. I'm going to move in with the birds. I'm going to roost. And we'll just call it Curioso Island. Curioso Island. We'll change the go. name. I mean, Welcome to Curioso <laughs> Island. <laughs> the plane, boss. The plane. Yes. It'll just be like that. We'll get a hydrofoil and everything. That sounds good to me. Sweet. I'm okay with it. All I need right. a kayak. I've got one somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right, Joe. I'll see you next time, buddy. All right. Let's not make it two months. Okay, yeah, please. (laughs) All right, thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us, facebook.com backslash thecuriosopodcast. Check out our merchandise on Zazzle.com backslash Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos, YouTube.com backslash Curioso Podcast. On the left-hand side of the Curioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners and it'll make you feel good about yourself. Talk for a minute. Hello. Check me out. I ain't got no nipple rings no more. Did I tell you I took out my nipple rings? Yeah, you said the one was getting kind of fussy. Yeah, so I just took them out. It's so weird. I mean, who do I have to impress, right? Okay. Okay. All right.